0: Okay, two things. Number one is, last night when I went to put together the Marmacomos, I did not have my usual uh, bariolan drive on me. So, the Marmacomos are not the same. I had to do a lot of cutting and pasting just from the farm I had in my house. kind of looks old-fashioned. I'm sorry about it. It's not so clear. Number two is, I was planning on talking about Michalak Manos today, talking about Inyane Purim, and then Jonathan told me yesterday that he enjoyed the regulars here. So I said, let's combine them let's find a critical tshuva in the area, in the realm of Mishalach Manos, and based off that, we'll do a Letters of Tradition, talk about the person a little bit, not totally, and talk about Mishalach Manos. My goal here is to essentially talk a little bit about the chasam Sofer, show you how the chasam Sofer has this landmark tshuva when it comes to Mishalachmanos, Manos, the gifts we give on Purim, and based off that, there are going to be seven nafkaminas. Each of them is going to teach us a different, a different halacha when it comes to so, it's not just random nafkaminas, they're out there, are, there are, you know, alumdus, just sake say alumdus, although we love that as well. But it's also each one of these nafkaminas the, in the Chassam sofer is going to teach us a different halakha. So, let's begin. Who is the Chassam sofer? The Chassam sofer is one of the most important, uh, I'd say, in the last couple, uh, two, three hundred years. He was a very, very broad person. He's someone who, because he was so broad, anyone can kind of, I uh, guess, Reappropriate him for their own needs and wants. We find that often, find out, you know, with with great figures who were broad, that oftentimes their students are not as broad and not as nuanced, and they don't pick up on all that nuance, and then they you know, only t- take half of it. So you can literally write a book about Casamajor was the greatest Zionist, and how he was the greatest anti-Zionist. Again, again, it's what happens. You have people who are that broad, and you find that he was he was born in 1762 in in, uh, in Germany, and he died in 1839 in in Pressburg which is which is in Hungary. He essentially becomes the figure he epitomizing Hungarian Jewry. To the extent that you talk to any Hungarian Jew Jew, Sofer is going no, no, is the be all and end all. The Oberlander Jews, you say the Hasam Sofer, that is it. Yes.
1: Where does this fit into the reform movement that started We'll get
0: there, we'll get there, please. We'll get there. The Khassam Sofer Moshe Sofer he came from a line of rabbinic families, he, he, was, his, he had two primary Rebbeim, one Rebbe was the Hafla. The Hafla was a very interesting figure, he was one of the early, early first generation of Chassidim. So already you see there's that influence of in the Psalm Sofer's life, where he has this Hasidish Rebbe, although we'll see soon, he didn't take on many of these Hasidish practices. Which, and then you're going to ask, me, well if you ask any Chassid, the Hassam Sofer is usually the way they pass him, because again, Hungarian Jewry, but we'll get there in a minute. The other Rebbe was Rav Nosson Adler. Rav Nosson Adler was a fascinating figure. We know very little about where he came from. He didn't write much. We know he was a genius. The way the Hassam Sofer writes about him—again, the Chassam being this great Rabbi—writes about this Rebbe. It's just—it's unbelievable just the, the respect he gives to Rebbe. The way he talks about this Rebbe as this genius. But he's a very interesting figure. He decided that he was going to start tra- pronouncing everything in Havara Svardi. And actually using Svardi and not in the Ashkenaz thing. And that was the more correct tradition. He in- in- incorporated a lot of capitalist practices. Apparently, in Persper, which was a very orderly city, they didn't know what to do with him. But at the same time, they also recognized he was a, a Yochid. Uh, the Chassam Sober said he was like a Malach, and therefore they kind of said, "You have your own minion. You and ten people, and don't don't push your practices on anyone else." And interestingly, the Chassam Sofa was very well-versed in Kabbalah, rarely quotes it, and doesn't, doesn't follow many of the practices of his Rebbe, but he really talks about his Rebbe in a very strong way. To get to Inbar's point, so the Chassam Sofer again, he, he is very, very... He wrote on everything. He wrote on almost every, almost every mishap and shas. He has these drushas. he has a thousand chuvos. He really covered... He writes a Chassam Sofa al-Torah. Chassam, by the way, comes from Chadushay, uh, Torah Smoshe, Moshe. Chassam is the abbreviation. Chess uh, uh, Sof Mem, and he um, he has many many students who go all across Hungary. Uh, Maram Shik, one a very uh, very important one. Schlesinger is another important one, and his own son. He then has multiple generations. Until uh, mul- t- today, there are still sofers, Rosh Hashivas in Jerusalem who, who consider themselves a, a talmidim and great grandchildren. The Shevet Halevi, Rav Osner, We'll hopefully get to him one day. A grand son of his. The Chassam Sofer lives in a time when the Reform movement is just beginning. It's really just, it's beginning. It's not, It doesn't come to the full force that's after his death, but the Chassam, in Israel Jacobson in, in the early 1800s, founds found his own synagogue in Germany. He introduces the organ into the synagogue. Again, the, you could argue this is the first Reformed temple. Chassam Sofer comes out, fiery against his organ. And when you read his chuva, you read his father-in-law's I neglected to mention his father-in-law was the great Rivikki Vagar. They say, by the way, Riky Vegar, again, anyone who has, uh, who is who's learned a little bit about he's like the towering intellect when it comes to the last 200 years. They say, again, I don't know if it's a true story, but the spirit of the story is definitely definitely there. When they went to the Ribiki Vegar and said, they went to the Sober and said, We have a shidduch for you, the daughter of Riviky Vegar, he says, I can't marry the daughter of Tamil Khalkham. What am I? <laughs> They went to Kibek the, and they said, We have this a son in law for you. He goes, I can't have him marry my daughter. Such a such a goan. To come into my family, I'm not worthy. So the Shakun said, Perfect. You're perfect for each other then. <laughs>
1: um,
0: the um, so the Hassam Sofer and his, and his father both came out very strongly opposed to the organ of the synagogue, and basically what became the mantra of the Hassam Sofer's life and really set the stage for I would say even our, in a way our response to modernity is slippery slope. That once you begin to give in, you have to be very, very careful because when he, the Chassam Sober said, "A plain words, Khadash asr, in Torah." The plain words is that the chadash, the new grains, is asr, until the second day of Pesach. So Chassam Sober did the plain words, chadash asr, in Torah. What is new, what is novel, is forbidden by the Torah. Chassam Sober really believed in this, and again, he he looked around him and saw the beginning of the reform movement, and he had a, a lot of clairvoyance here, and he really saw where it was going to go, and he kind of put a, put his foot down and said, "We have to, we have to say, we have to stop this." And if you and and that's also why he joined the Hasidim, as in he allied himself with the Hasidim because he said I can ally myself with the Hasidim who have many practices he didn't like, many new practices, uh, nusach Sahari, using nusach svard, different minhagim which were new, or he said I can go to Czechoslovakia, to Prague, and go with the more, uh, I would say, um, not reform in terms of, in the way we say it now, but people who are more modern, and he. He said, I'm going to go with the Hasidim, I'm going to go with the more traditional, and if you look, what happened to Czechoslovakian Jewry, it really went off. So he really had the foresight to recognize that, and he basically, there are times when he would say things like, with the organ in the synagogue, is it really, sir? You can find out if a non jews playing it. Probably not, but he came out very strongly opposed to it because he recognized where this would go. Uh, Moshe of Dessau, anyone ever hear of Moshe <laughs> of Dessau? Otherwise known as Moses Mendelssohn. So Moses Mendelssohn lives at the same time. Moses Mendelssohn writes a tshuva. Mm-hmm. Again, okay, maybe we could do this tshuva one day. Also, essentially, uh, agreeing with the local duke that you could delay burial. The problem was people were there. was a concern people would be buried alive. This was a concern, a big concern across the board in the 1800s. People have all sorts of inventions to make tombs, to make uh, coffins with little bells in it in case the person wakes up. There's a lot of literature on this, both in the Jewish world and secular world. So the duke made a decree: you have to wait three days for burial. We bury right away. right? That's what we Jews do. You die, we bury you, we start eating right at chuba, Kind of our, our practice. And, the, and Moses Madison writes a tshuva. He was a Tamil chacham to, to some extent. He writes a chuba, essentially sanctioning this. And there was obviously a, a fiery criticism coming from of Yaakov Emden and the chassam sofer as well wrote a tshuva. So he's right in the thick of things. However, important to note, the chassam sofer was not a zealot. He was not a kanoi. He was very measured. He was very soft-spoken. Even his the, 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 his, the strongest opponents, the, the, those Reformed Jews, spoke about his character with great praise. He was a very fine person, he was a very principled person, he was a very fine person. Chassam Sober writes in a, in a few places, don't make a fight out of this. We can oppose it, but don't make it a fight. And that was pragmatic, because he said, once you create maflokus, you make a fight, you, t- you both carve out sides, what ends up happening is people dig in, and what, what would have been a small minor skirmish becomes a real fight, a real maflokus, and then no one wins. And then no one wins. His Talmudim, however, were, kanayim, were zealots. And it's interesting, you see the same thing with the students of Moses Mendelssohn. Moses Mendelssohn, a very interesting figure, I don't want to get sidetracked by him. His students became, were much more zealous than, than he was. Uh, there was a man by the name of a uh, historian, his name is Michael K. Silver. He wrote an article called The Emergence of Ultra-Orthodoxy. And he basically ascribes it to the Chassam Sofer, morally, more to the Chassam Sofer's students who basically took the position of the Chassam Sofer and ran with it. Ran with it to an all, really to an extreme, and that's what he argues is the emergence of what we now know as ultra-Orthodoxy, which is a more modern phenomenon. Um, and you find the same thing, by the way, with Moses Mendelssohn. His students, he was a more traditional character. His students basically made him out to be this, you know, informed Jew in order to give their movement stature. So you find that with great people, their memories are, are, are reappropriated. And interestingly, by the way, Hassan Sofer's students did the same with Moses Mendelssohn. They re- recognized that since it, Moses Mendelssohn was kind of being held up as a way to grant auth- authenticity to a movement, they kind of pushed him out and said, This guy's crazy, totally reformed, anything he says is against orthodoxy, he's not orthodox, etc., etc. So you find like the Aguda, that era, again, the beginning of that movement already, precursors that on one end t- kind of painting Moses Mendelssohn crazy, painting Hassan over another way, and you find Moses Mendelssohn's students also pulling him more left. Because, because they wanted to use him for legitimacy. But that takes us, that takes us to a side point. Okay, so, the Chassam Sofer, being of a, a person of his stature, he wrote certain landmark chuvahs. Meaning, anytime, if, if you go through certain sugyas, you have to contend with the Chassam Sofer whether you agree with him or not. Chuvahs, for instance, when it comes to Chal of Yisrael, the definition of Chalad Yisrael. Hopefully, we do our motion finest, so we'll do that chuva. Chassam Sofer staked that position, and pretty much after that, Everyone had to contend with it Even if they disagreed They had to find some workaround When it came to minhag The Chassam Sofer said A minhag is stronger than a terabbana Because a minhag is binding Because it's like a nether It's like a vow And therefore minhagim Are almost on a Rise to a biblical level Which is wild And one who goes over communal minhag Is being over a deraiso Again, kind of showing you What he's doing here You can think about People are changing minhagim he, he needs to stake out a position there He felt very strongly that Unlike in Lita where the Rosh Yeshiva was the most important person in the community, the Yeshiva, he felt it was the Rav. The rub was the be all and Endal, which again, maybe you see a little bit in the Hasidic community. The be all and Endal. He wrote a tshuva, one we're going to do today about Meshallach Manas, and it's not a landmark tshuva in the sense that it created a precedent, and this is the way we, the community was structured differently, but there was a problem in a Ramah, he writes an answer to it, and after that, everyone basically uses that as the benchmark, and the, the starting point for Mishalach Manos. Let's do that together. Any questions before I begin? Okay. The Gemara Megillah. And the Zion tells us it, that when the Apostate when Megillah says we send Mishalach Manos ish we send out gifts each man to his friend. So the Gemara tells you there's an obligation to give to give on Purim two gifts to one man. Again, the drush is going to be it's Mishallachman is in plural, They send sending gifts, ish Larayu, one man to his fellow man. So the Gemara says, gifts to a fellow man, two gifts to one person. And the Gemara doesn't give much of a detail, it goes through a couple of stories about different Tadayim and Amarayim who gave gifts Mishal to each other, etc. And that's about it. That's all you get in the all you get in the, the Gemara about this concept of Mishal something we all do, right? Give gifts to the poor. Says the Shulchan Let's read it together because it's very important. Source number two. One per day, or one per. I shouldn't add that day. One purim one has an obligation to give moshav And the more you give to more people, how is it moshubach? Why? What if someone doesn't have Mishalach Manas, they're not so wealthy? Well, what are you going to have? A Suda on Purim. Do so you know what you should do? I make a Suda. Inbar makes a Suda, and we switch. And now I give him Mishalach by giving him my Suda. He gives me Mishalach Manas by giving, his, giving me his Suda. And we make him Suda. How beautiful, how wonderful. Comes along there, Amma. Very critical. The mitzvahs of Purim, although we have four mitzvahs of Purim, three of them are only done during the day, as in the Suda of Purim. The Mishalach Manos and Matanas of are only done during the day of Purim, although we do note on, on Friday night, the Rav says there's some sort of king sort of to have a Suda at night, so everyone should go home and have a little Suda. And then here is the part that baffled everyone. Who Manos who ain't no wrote to the kabbalah O I go to Yair's house and I bring him a beautiful basket full of Mishalaf Manos, perfectly themed to my theme, and I give it to him and he goes, eh, I don't want it. I don't want your Mishalaf Manos. You take your Mishalaf Manos and go home. Or he's like, oh, I really appreciate it. you made Mishalaf Manos, but we already have too much candy. Pesach is coming. The dogs are going to eat it. Moshal, I really appreciate it. I don't want it. Says the Ramon, yotze. you fulfilled your obligation. It's a little strange. Everyone wants to know what's going on here. Imagine if I uh, went to shake a and I, I opened up my box of luluf, and I found out that Yair's dog ate my, my, my ass I Good intentions. I'm not going to get punished. Onus rechman apache, the Torah, the Torah, allows for a case of onus, a place where it's not your fault, but did I fulfill my obligation to shake a luluf? No, presumably. If I go to my sukkah, and I find my sukkah got blown over by the wind... So, okay, I don't have a sukkah. And the Torah says, okay, so you can eat out of the sukkah if you don't have a sukkah. But did I, get the, 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 did I fulfill my obligation to eat in the sukkah? Presumably not. So why here, when I want to give Mishal money to someone, they say, no, do I fulfill my obligation? This is the question that everyone and their uncle asks.
1: Yeah? Should it has to do with the fact that it's not the actual giving,
0: the, the idea of being kind to so, another So maybe, maybe we'll, we'll get there. The actual, so yeah. we will get there, but we'll see that. Says, and then a little more, a woman has to give a like man, a man, and the Meshavur is very confused. He's like, I look around, and I don't find, oftentimes the women are not giving money. they think it's another mix for their partner from. He says, no, you should give. Okay, maybe a woman can do with her husband. And then he says, very important, and a man should give to a man, a woman should give to a man. But you shouldn't you shouldn't switch it up because you can run into, run into issues of it looks like Soviet kaddushin. A man gives a, a, a woman a present, and people are like, oh, maybe he's marrying her. Yeah. What
1: about the uh, fact? What about if the family makes the mishloach manos give it to another family. Does that? Still if, okay, do yeah. Okay. No,
0: we, we we find that we can give you can give it. together. Yeah. But I wanted the question that I really want to drill down on is what is going on here? Why did Ramban? He quotes the the Iran? Why did Ramad mon- mon- think you can still fulfill your obligation even if you didn't do it? What we should say is normal, and we say normally. Yar said, no? So I said, okay, I tried. Onas rachman apatry, as I keep on saying, the Torah recognizes the case of onas, a case where it's not your fault. Okay, so I didn't. Next year I'll get it. But here, no, no, no. I got got the mitzvah. Says the Chasam Sov. Again, this is the Lamb Archuba. He does a lot of research, and he tries to figure out what is going on here. And he says, this Ramah gets down to the very core of what is the nature of this mitzvah of Mashalachmanis. What does it mean? Why do we give Mashalachmanis? He says as follows. First of all, he has a long, nice uh, introduction. Shalom, he says. The Simchas Purim, the Harav Hagon Yedidi, the Harav Tamidi, to the great, my, my dear, beloved, great Rabbi and student, Hamuflok, who's well known, Morayna Harav Eliezer. I don't know who he is. I did a little research quickly to find out who his student Eliezer was. Nothing came up in Wikipedia. So if Wikipedia doesn't know, then the lost to the world. Ulechosno and his uh, uh, father-in-law Harav Hamuflok, the B'shona in Morayna Harav. Moishalei, okay. Um, okay, he goes on, go, uh, and he, then he says as follows. Let's sec, sec, skip to the big paragraph. I'll give a pre-chadosh. The pre-chadosh is one who asked the question most forcefully. The pre-chadosh is a commenter inside the Shulchan He's like basically, Ramah, what are you talking about? To sum it up. He says this, that the Ramah says, if I was like, beha-gosh, imshalach, manas l'reyuv, lo'o'o, lo'kavu, al-yo yotzi, o'ki mochel, al-lo, because of the Pichadosh, What are you talking about? And he quotes more, and he says as follows: you see, it's the uh, third, the fourth line. Lo ayin hagon, The great of the he didn't see the, what the Ron said. He should have looked. He should have done his research. Why? And then he says as follows. There are two reasons for true Manus. true Sedeshen, we quoted him last week, and I'm going to just want a quick note about him, or Moshe Iserlin, not Iserlis. He is someone who had a perfect batting average. Every tshuva he writes is quoted in the Shulchan Aruch, I believe. He is just of that stature. Now, the interesting thing is, he wasn't really a book of Shahals and Shuvahs. He was not a book of questions and answers. He made up his own questions. It was a style. He made up his own questions and then wrote answers to them. Okay, but it's a very important and very, very important work. And we, we quoted it last week, we've quoted it multiple times. We're gonna always quote it because again, he's this is what he says. Why is there Mashal Humanos? Says he as follows: The truth is, that he says, "Why is it, why is it shalach Manas? Very simple. What's one of the things we do on on perim? We eat meals. So the point of shalach manos is to bring food so you can eat a meal at your friend's house, or your friend can have a meal. I bring Charles, him, I bring shalach manos, so now he can have food for his meal. Mishal Lachmanus is really just a way to prepare for the meal. And that's all it is. And if that's true, mm-hmm. if Yair says, no, thank you, so the Chorah, according to the virtuous Sedeshan, I'm not going to get my mitzvah. And that's not what their are getting at. If you think the point of Mishal is just so that in order to, it's a way to get, it's very transactional, it's pragmatic. I need to get you food so you can have a meal. So then the Chorah, if you say no, thank you, it doesn't work. Why would they institute this? So it's the it's fascinating. Perhaps because there are people even though everyone gets the money, but there are many people who can't afford a meal. And in order to provide some sort of uh, anonymity, in order to provide a cover so that you know, they're not embarrassed, everyone gets a gift and including the poor people. So what I would do is I would give, you know, the wealthy people something nice, but I go to someone I know who really can't afford it and give them something much nicer. Yeah.
1: But by that same token, you could just exchange sudas just before sunset. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Right. And you said that that we can't do. No. You can do it all throughout the day. You can't do it at night. Right, but you said at night you can't just exchange sudas and say, like, I'll make the sudas. Good, and okay, hold on. Okay, okay, good, is, H- good, good. good. So hold sense.
0: that thought. We're, we're going to get there. It's one of us Says, comes along the Manotalevi. The Manotalevi was of Shlomo Al-Kabetz. Anyone know who Shlomo Alkabetz was? He lived in Svat, one of the Kabbalists in Svat. Anyone know what he famously wrote? Lichadodi. Lichadodi.
1: Mm.
0: Not only did he write Lichadodi, not, uh, not only is he of Lichadodi fame, he also wrote a parish on the on the Megillah, which allegedly he gave to his father-in-law or his father as Moshav Manos, no. imagine how disappointed his oh, kids must have been. It it's Like, what did he give us? They open it up, they unwrap it, unwrap it. Oh, it, was food, it was food for thought. Food for thought, exactly. Why does it work? Says, says the a lady No, what's the point of Moshav Manos? One of a Manos is La Harboz shalom. V'Harayos. Hey <laughs> for Magosha shalom Says the Megillah, we were an Am Mufuzim We were spread out. We were divided. we Times were divisive. People didn't get along. How do we counteract that? We give gifts to each other. The point of Shalach is not that I'm giving you food for your meal, but rather I'm giving you a gift. that creates reyos. It creates friendship. It creates love. It creates fraternity, And that's the point of Shalach Manos. And if that's true, says the Chassam Sofer, so if I bring over to Yair's house a beautiful, huge Mashallah Manos, assuming it's not a safer. and he's like, ah, I don't really want it. Thank you very much. He's still going to feel that reyos, that friendship. It's not, about, it's not about the actual gift. It's about the intention.
1: So
0: if it says don't make a big deal it's not a huge thing you don't want people going oh he didn't do it so, He doesn't going correct. to get the minute of it it's fine you''s correct you're done good correct well that over so again where does that leave us well it leaves us as false
1: yeah if you're following that same logic would you be required to accept it because because the very rejection of it is by is thereby reducing the radius?
0: so we'll, we'll get there in one we'll get there in, uh, I'm going to get returned to that if i don't you'll you'll plug it in but again, so here is the basic here's the basic, here's the basic idea. Why did Michal, one of has two ideas? One idea comes from the Truma Sadeshin, it's just a way to give food to someone. The other idea is no. It's not about giving food, it's not practical. Rather, it's about creating a friendship and community and fraternity, and that's why you give it. If that's true, I want to go through depending on our time, we a little time, not that much. We're gonna go through seven different nafgamina, seven different ramifications of this. Yes. Very good. That's one of them. And what did the Manos HaLevi do? What did he give us Michelle of Manos? So, he, gave gave him, he gave a Safer. So I actually didn't write that one down. No, I thought of that today. And I looked at quickly this morning. And I saw there that, according the Manos Halevi, there are those who say that you get enough anami, you, can, you don't have to get food. We, we, what we're going to see is we possibly... We, we, we play both sides here. But okay. Number one. Give food with the books. Number one is as follows. What happens? It works two ways. What happens if... I want to give Shalaf Mishalaf Monas to my friend in California. So what do I do? I buy Mishalaf Monas today. I put it in UPS, and hopefully it gets there. There's no major supply, shortage, supply chain shortage. So I send the Mishalaf Monas today, but he only gets it on PERM. Well, what happens if I send him on Purr, but he only gets it after per? What's the din then? So one can make the following argument. says the Ar- <laughs> topic, <laughs> I send uh, Mishalaf Monas to my friend who lives far away, or not. Do you fulfill or not? you or not? So, if I, give me a second. So, according to the Chassam Sofer, that the whole idea is just giving him food for a meal. So, one can maybe make an argument that if I send it today and he gets it on perim, so now he has food for a meal. Whereas, if I send it to him today and he gets it on Purim, it, you could maybe argue according to Manasalevi, it's not. There's not as much reus there because it's it, it's so separate. Yes, he's happy with the package, but it, it, what, it didn't happen on Perm. The, the whole happiness happened before. And again, you can, you can really place both ways, but certainly if he gets before Perm, so on Perm he has the food for the meal, but before Perm you don't have the same race, the same friendship there because it, there's such a disconnect. There's such a disconnect.
1: Yeah. What if you send him the tracking number
0: on Perm, saying your package is coming? Yeah, um, no, no. Because no, no. it's not about him accepting so again, it or not; it's no, about giving. So again, should not gift gift number the number one's to going give to give be? And our chacham is unsure about this, and there are can work both ways. That if I send it before permit, he gets to my Purim, Are you yotzi or you're not Yodzi, Presumably you can do it. Presumably you can do it. The reason for that is because again, you have the, you have the, the Chassam Sober quoting the true Hadash, and that is about you're giving him food for a meal. So even though you sent the shikrutary board three weeks ago and only gets there now, I hope it's refrigerated. Look, look. Yes, maybe it's not as much friendship that's generated because you're not there you're not giving it to him. It's it, there was a there was a time the, the, uh, time lapse, but it, he has food for his meal. Now, community number two says they are chesholchot. What about if you send to a minor? You send to a child. One can make the following argument. If you send to a child, and the point of Michelle Manos is about giving food for a meal, so now he eats his meal, all good and well, but if you send to a child, the point of Mishalak is creating fraternity and friendship, well, how often are people who are older really friends with kids? You no, know, they're cute. We, we, we say hello, how are you, but you're not. It's not really generating and creating that sense of community in the same way. Right? It's, it's, it's not the same. And there, what? Still I think enough that maybe Al I was wondering the same thing. I was wondering the same thing. But one can make the argument. One can say that this, this that the Aruch Shulchan is unsure about, comes to the same idea. That if you give to a kaddan, it's about creating that fraternity, that friendship. Well, it doesn't happen the same way. Number three. This one is a very important one. So this one again, I'm not going to read it all inside because of time. But the RITVA says it's a little cryptic. But the RITVA says this that you give Moshav Hamanos it can it has to be something that's commensurate to who you are. Imagine if you get a knock on the door and Jeff Bezos is standing there and he's like, I want to give you a gift from Moshav Hamanos and he pulls out one of those Paski's Mike and Ike's and like the Twinkies and he gives it to you and he leaves and you're like, dude, you just wasted a billion dollars to go to space and all you can give me is this lousy little Twinkies that taste like nothing? There's no reos there. There's no friendship there. You're going to be upset at the guy. If someone who's really wealthy gives you a nothing, does that create friendship? It might even have the opposite effect. But if it's about pseudo, if it's about the meal, so again, let's, let's use a different example, not Twinkies. Let's say he gives you a hot dog. And you want to eat your hot dog at your meal, so great, you had a hot dog, all good and well. You have food for your meal, but no, if it's about creating that, that friendship, that regulars, that that community and a wealthy guy gives you something that you, don't, you can't really do anything with because you, you're upset at him because why that's all you can afford to give me so then so then it didn't create it like also the opposite works as well if you go to Bill Gates and you give him you know I want to give you a gift here's five dollars like you didn't do anything there right he, he's going to be like I don't need your five dollars although there are some people who are billionaires you give him five dollars they might get very excited because you know that's what money does to people. So again, if you go to someone who's very wealthy and you give them something very, very meager, it might not create the same friendship and fraternity and, and brotherhood and love because they don't really, it's, it's negligible to them. Whereas you can make an argument, no, but if you give them, for, it's, they use it for their meal, so it does work. So this is also found, and the, the posting point out because of this, one should really make an effort to get, at least give the Michelle monists they're going to be Yotzi, the mitzvah with. That first one, something nice. So you want to give out candy and, 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 and little, small, cheap things, do so, but at least choose one person you're to, to give something a little nicer to. A bottle of wine, maybe some meat, something nicer in order to fulfill this 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 uh requirement that it's not you're not just being Yotse, but you're actually giving something to someone that's gonna generate a sense of friendship and love and, and, and fraternity and community. And that's something we should all you know, we should try all try to do. So maybe at your pseudo, someone you're having someone come to your Suda, take take the you know that piece of me and say, by the way, not only serving your Suda to your guest, but this is also my Mashallah Fumanas to you. And then you can fulfill that obligation. Yeah?
1: So has to be cooked
0: edible, as it is, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. You can't give raw meat. We'll so get there. there we'll get there. Awesome please, please. Enver. Enver. You're always jumping the gun.
1: <laughs>
0: Next one. This I thought was fascinating. This came from Rav Nossin He asked as follows. You have a guy who's in a hospital. He's a cholashiyesh bo sakana. A cholashiyesh bo sakana is someone who is in dire straits. And therefore we wave. Because of the nefesh, We wave the prohibition of consuming non-kosher food or food that's asr b'hanah, food that otherwise one would not allow to have enjoyment from. Okay? Guy's in the hospital, he can eat anything. Can you bring him food that's asr b'hanah? Can you bring him trade? Can you go to someone and say, oh, because, happy Purim, it happened to be this morning I was cooking and I spilled my milk and my meat. I can eat it, but here's a mishal manas. You can eat it. You're allowed to eat it because you're you're in dire straits. This is the question he has if nothing gets and I think you can plug it in as well. If it's about food for a meal, so maybe yeah, it's food for a meal, you can eat it. Whereas no, if it's about creating friendship, is that gonna create friendship where you can look at you and be like, you're not giving it to me because you love me, you're giving it to me because you have nothing else to do with it. I mean, ultimately a rustic step thinks you can't give it for multiple reasons. One of them is that that might be considered hanok. That you're getting benefit out of it by giving it to someone else and him, you know, trying to fulfill your obligation. Yeah.
1: No, that you said in the past that even though it's user, it's still us for him to eat it, it's just He's allowed to eat it because it's a bigger
0: usur for him to not eat it. Okay, but still, so it's still usur. No, I, even though he's allowed, no, he still he eat, it. eat it. I, I, I hear you say, but yeah. Either way, that was I thought it was a very interesting nafgmina, and it comes with tray food. It comes with anything. If someone's allowed to eat it, can you can you give or not? Number five. Um, this was Inber brought up. says the achsholchan you have to give something that's edible right now. you have to give cooked meat. You said raw meat? Assume it's not the uh, what's that what's that raw meat that people like to eat? Tatar? Assume it's not tatar? Lo you're not yotzing, why? Why are you not yotzing? says the says your because it has to food for your meal. Now the Taz jumps up and down, he's like, what do you mean? Did you forget about did you forget about the Manusalevi? If I if I bring over a really nice steak, you know, a $30 steak, even if it's not cooked, you're gonna be you're gonna, you're gonna be happy. Gonna say, so the post can point out, the Mishnah Bura says. The You should really bring over food that's edible, so that he can enjoy it for his meal. Which versus, if you don't do so, that's fine. That's all good because you have the manas Number six. This comes from the Kassab Sofer. The Kassab Sofer was the Kesav Sofer's son. He says as follows: Can you send? To, let's say this happens. You come back to your house on the Purim, and you find like a bunch of bags in front of your house. Nothing more depressing than going out and come back and finding nothing. You. you and you said, well, who gave this to me? And you open it up, you know, this is from you know, the, the Shrek family, you open, this is from the Lippus family. You get one, you don't know what's from. The tag fell off. Or is that person Yotze? Is that person Yotze? You gave it anonymously. You, do, you play ding Dong Ditch, and you drop in the door, you bring the door and you run. Are, are you Yotze? So you can plug it in as well. If it's about getting food to someone for the meal, say, so yeah, why not? Whereas, no, if it's about creating a friendship, well, that, that friendship's not gonna happen. Someone said, suggest, no, you're going to feel good and happy, and happy and you're going to love the world. You love people. Oh, look, people love me. But I think it's a little far-fetched. Like if, if, if Stan brings over food, I don't know what Stan, so I'm not going to have that, to have that warm feeling. To, I mean, I'll always have that warm feeling towards Stan, besides the fact he's the candy man. But I would, it, it doesn't, that's not generated, And therefore, Xavitz over things, you are you would say He says, he thinks you are Yodzeh. But that's, again, one more. And lastly, the last one is Kofit. The Mishnijayibet says as follows. When it comes to mitzvos. And we there are times when we will coerce someone to fulfill a mitzvah, as in we don't do it nowadays because of just the world and nature of rabbinic authority. But if someone's not fulfilling a mitzvah, we say we, we try to enforce them to do to, to a mitzvah. Would we enforce someone to give Michelle manos? Let's say a guy walks in and says, "I'm not giving mishloach manos." Would we pressure him to give? It says the mishnah same day. If it's about giving food for a meal, then certainly we we pressure him to give. But if it's about, no, the manos alevi to create race and friendship. If I walk over to Jonathan, I'm like, here, here, here's my mishal monos. My arm being twisted, I have to give it to you. That's not creating friendship. You know, it's like when you tell your kids say, I'm sorry. Abba said I have to say, I'm sorry. Like, that, 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 that's not a real apology. It come. Kind of, it has to be spontaneously generated. In fact, some of the posts can point out, why don't we make a bracha on mishal manos? So, often what's quoted to is Rashma chest that Rashba says... We don't make a bracha on, on a, a mitzvah that's contingent on someone else. I don't make a bracha when I give tzedakah because maybe the ani won't won't take it. And it ends up being a bracha of yeah, but You said at the beginning a shir that that doesn't matter. What with, that with mashalam? It doesn't matter if they accepted it or not. That was how you opened. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the Rama, but uh, the 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 um. So the, then you should say a bracha according to the Rama. No, the Rama with things not accepted, but according to the um, according to the um. So I'm, I'm still recording the Shema sedation, you, have, you ha, it has to be accepted. But what was your question to me? This is where I'll pull it back in. Your first question. Well, I are we plug it in over here. Perhaps one can suggest the reason to make a bracha on it is because in a way, we want to deinstitutionalize it. We want to make it spontaneous. Less about the ritual and more about, I want to give a gift to you. And the way to do that is you don't almost take away the ritual aspect to it. In fact, I saw someone, I forgot who it was, who said, really, there's a mitzvah to give a Shafmanos all year round. We always want to create fraternity and friendship and brotherhood and community and all the other buzzwords I've been using. One day a year, we, 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 we make sure you do it. Just to, to remind you, you should always be doing it. But then the idea of a Shafmanos is the reason we're not going to enforce it, we're not going to coerce you. The reason we don't institutionalize it in the way of making a bracha is because the, what, it only, friendship only comes when it's spontaneous, when it's given out of the, out of the goodness of our heart. And therefore, and therefore, we don't, we don't, we won't necessarily force you. We don't make a bracha. And I want to end up with as follows. There's an idea out there. Why do we give moshel chmona? It's a different idea, and that is the Iker mitzvah of the day. And been, I said this the other night is matanah slavyoneh, gifts to the poor. That's the Iker mitzvah of the day. And simcha, you can't. The Rabbi always said you can't have simcha if other people are need money. You can't have simcha. What's real simcha comes from giving. The Mitzvah of the days in Tanatul Bioniman says, I forgot who it was, I saw the tshuva, it says as follows Imagine if, I mean, it's true, if you, have, you, you dedicate one day a year to give out money, to give away money. As I said on Friday night, it's not tax day. To, get to, poor, to give money to poor people, you're going to make them feel bad. Perhaps the idea of Mishalachmanos is if everyone gets a gift, so it takes away some of that sting it's a sensitivity to the people who need money that we're not going to just make it like oh you're the nebuchadnezzar who's coming today collecting rather everyone who comes to my door is going to get something some will get food and some will get money and if that's true one could say in a way Mishal is a little bit A-Kim of as well and i guess the takeaway from all this is what's the nature of mishalach why do we do it is it for the is it for the meal is it for great community we kind of play both ends we said no, we had seven different mafkaminas, I won't go through them all now for the time's sake, but really I think what emerges is we should have both in mind. Have both in mind. Have it from the meal, give something really nice, at least to one person, but also recognize the Iker point of it is to create friendship, to create reos, to create ava. It's, it's a time when perhaps to bring to someone maybe you didn't agree with or got to disagreement at some point during the year to rekindle friendships because ultimately what the day's about what Purim is about is we were an Am Mufurod, Mufuzo, we were spread out, and we're coming together, B'Simcha, as a community. Everyone should have a wonderful week, an easy fast, I will see you tonight, 8.45.